They want to walk like us, talk like us, dress like us. Black women really are the blueprint. Let's discuss right after this. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her. For the legal stuff, though, not the illegal stuff. And I'm Germany, the loyal friend who keeps you laughing. I'm a ray of sunshine, and you can always find me on the dance floor. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, my black queens. (laughs) (laughs) It's necessary shit. And how are you feeling today, black queens? I'm feeling really good. How about you, Black Queen? I'm feeling good too. I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. Good. Like I'm, the queen that I am. Right. I'm really excited for today. So I am too. We're in, in the, the new month and we're switching things up a little bit. Typically we do our series where all of the episodes are under one theme, but this month we're doing a goodie bag mm-hmm. where it's going to be random, random episodes, but still quality. Yeah. Random quality. We have to do that sometimes, but um, we're here today talking about something that is important near and dear that we know y'all can relate to. If you're here, you can relate to it. You, you can't relate to yes. it. You can. So the way that we came up with today's topic is because Germany and I, we have a book club, the BGB book club, which is a part of our homegirl hangout community. Mm-hmm. And so the girlies in the book club, they drop recommendations of different books we should be reading. And one of the homegirls suggested that we read Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. And immediately when I saw that title, It intrigued me and it made me think of how much we as black women truly do. I mean, we do all the things. We wear all the fucking hats. We set the trends. We create and lead the movements. We are at the forefront of those. Mm -hmm. We dictate the culture. Listen, baby, we front seated when that that motherfucker, we drive in the car. We do. We are inherently innovators. Mm -hmm. We are so innovative when I think about the goodness. Listen. But now you're taking it to church. Hold on. <laughs> no, but really, we are innovators. And a lot of the times we don't get the credit that we deserve. This country pushes us to the sideline. They they take what they want to take and then they push us to the sideline and not give us the credit that we deserve. Yeah. But it is time that we shine the light on our creativity and hold us to the highest regard. Period. Because if nobody else is going to do it, it is our responsibility to do it. Yes, honey. And you know, Rihanna had a... um. She made a statement. She said, I'm a black woman. I come from a black woman who came from a black woman who came from a black woman. And I'm going to give birth to a black woman. And so it doesn't even it's a no brainer. That's who I am. It's the core of who I am in spirit and in DNA. And I'd always stand up for what I believe in and who I love and who I who I know, who I respect. My mother's raised me to be an incredible woman and she's a strong incredible example of what to be and how to fight through obstacles in life and I'm sure her mom has also taught her and that's how I'm going to be like we we're impeccable 
we are impeccable, we're special, and the world is just going to have to deal with that. And that's why she's one of the iconic <laughs> black queens. She gets it. She gets it and she makes sure that people get it, that they know what the fuck is going on. And I love her for that. I love how Rihanna just is unapologetically black. With the large platform that she has, she never shies away from her blackness mm-hmm. in any of her pursuits, her music, her style, the names that she decides to name her products. Yeah. It's just like, wow. She holds the crown and the title of an innovator. She does. She knows it. She does. How does it feel for you to be the blueprint? How does it feel? As a black woman. Yeah, as a black woman. Bring my sisters in here. As a black woman, how does it feel? Do you feel feel like, okay, do you walk around with the feeling of, wow. I'm a black woman. I'm a black woman and I'm the blueprint. Yeah, definitely. I love being black. I love being a black woman, baby. It's truly... One of my biggest flexes, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, it's just so special being a black woman. And I will say that what grinds my gears mm-hmm. is the fact that black women do create so much and we don't get our motherfucking credit. It's giving a cherry picking of sorts. Mm. They want to come in and you can choose who the they are because it's damn near everybody who ain't us. Right. Come in, take and don't give credit where credit is due. So... I do like a little gatekeeping aspect of it. (laughs) I I like a little gatekeeping because I feel like we never create trends or like do things out of this mindset or idea of we about to put everybody on. Right. We just do what feels good, what's natural and people are influenced and I get it. But you have to give reverence say I'm influenced by this or black women, this black woman put me on to this. It never gives that. We don't get the credit. And I want, if y'all gonna eat the food, if you're gonna eat the food and, and enjoy the food, say it's good. Kiss the chef. And we are the chef. We are the chef. Give kisses to the chef. Mwah. Give credit where credit is good. It's good. But what they want to do is eat it and, and be turning around saying, eat, eat. And, and <laughs> we don't know if it's good, but you still come back and then plate is clean. Right. The buffet vibe. Right. And you're going back. Yeah. It's very much so giving homegirl buffet. Yeah. <laughs> a homegirl buffet. It of does. Sorts. Yes. And it kills me. I'm going to tell y'all a little story. I was at work waiting on a morning meeting to begin. Mm-hmm. And some of my colleagues were chattering around, talking to one another. And I heard someone of non-black descent say, um, yeah, that's why you, you. I sleep in a silk bonnet. You have to get a silk bonnet. <laughs> you hear the tone in which I am speaking, so you already know the vibes. Yeah, y- yeah. I, I mean, I just realized that I have curly hair, and and I'm now sleeping in a silk bonnet. I had no words. I had no words. I was not going to interject. Did they want you to have words? I don't know if they were looking at me, but I had none. I'm not going to tell you guys about a bonnet. <laughs> I don't. What? The what is that? What of? is that? A what? A bonnet? Don't yeah. never heard of it. What the. I was just, that burned me up. I text Brittany. I said, girl, they over here talking about bonnets. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck? This is weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it because honestly, I don't even know if you need a bonnet. I'm just going to be completely honest. But mm-hmm. you're wearing a bonnet because some white woman someplace, some non-black woman, seen a black woman wearing a bonnet, I guess, assumed there was benefits for her hair. Because there are benefits for our hair. For our hair, exactly. And said, I'm going to start wearing a bonnet. And now all of the other non-blacks are wearing bonnets. Why? Yeah. Why, you guys? Why is that? Why? I don't know. It eats me up inside. For me, I love being the blueprint. I love setting the trends and 
moving the needle on the culture. I definitely feel like nothing moves unless we do, which is a very powerful position to be in. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it's something that I want to be more proud about or just like order my steps with that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? It's like, girl, you are really are the shit. Like Mm -hmm. people are waiting for your next step to see what the fuck to do. The vibe. You know what what I'm saying? It's like if you don't move, nothing moves. And so that really is a badge of honor to be in that position. And then, like I said, it's powerful. And I definitely do want to, like, go back and look at the Black women who came before me and just study them and see, like, how they moved and the things that they did and why they did the things that they did just to continue to be the wind beneath my wings because it's some real shit. But like you, while I am proud of being in this position, I, too, like to do some gatekeeping because a lot of the things and the cultures and the trends that we set came from a place of necessity. Mm -hmm. And then people get to benefit off of us just trying to survive and take the easy approach when it comes to it. It's like we had to put these braids in our head. Right. Right. We've we've stylized it now, but at a point we had to put these braids in our head because we needed to control this shit. We need to tame it. You know what I'm saying? We needed to tame it and get something in our head so we can go ahead and do our other work that we needed to do and not worry about the The hair. hair. Yeah, which Um, is a a, a real issue for us. I think because we know that they're not going to give us our flowers We need to make it our job and our responsibility to give ourselves flowers. Because if we're sitting around waiting for them to give us the flowers, we're going to be disappointed. It kind of is what it is right now. They see the vibes. They know the vibes and they want to partake. But I think we have to stop playing small because I know that this is something that we do personally. Like we just are so used to just achieving things and creating trends and doing things and just keeping it pushing. I think it would behoove us to take a step back and a pause and be like, wow, I really am the blueprint. Yeah. I really am influencing culture. Yeah. And whatever whatever you're doing, it can be your style of writing. It can be the way that you podcast. When Germany and I started podcasting, there were some people that were podcasting, but there weren't many. There was definitely nobody that we knew. Right. And so we have an influence in the podcast. And then we started to be the the influential blueprint. Exactly. We are the blueprint. We are. We are the blueprint to someone. And that is something that you should be proud of. And we do have to move in that. When you start feeling like, oh, I'm not creative or I don't have a thing or I don't know what my thing is. Like, girl, (laughs) you living, existing, breathing, I'm sure you have a thing. You have an influence. We have an influence. We do. Have we it. just have to constantly, we have to move in it. We have to move in it. We have to remind ourselves and remind our homegirls. Because again, nobody else is going to do it for us. We know what it's like to be a black woman. Although we do all of these amazing things, we know that we don't get the credit we deserve in multiple different places that we are placed in in our lives. Right. But when we're together. Stronger. When we are together. Better. We are going to make sure that that's not the case in our communities, our little personal communities that we create. Our our, little pockets of peace. Our friend groups, the communities that we join, like with creatives or whatever that looks like. This community, you you know, this is what we're doing here and this is what we're we should be doing out in IRL. Yes. In real life amongst one another. And I really loved your your thought process behind wanting to go back and study the women who came be before us because that also gives you inspiration like yo we've been doing it I'm not new here and there's nothing new underneath the sun that's empowering enough to like look to those are our ancestors and our elders and they all are. of them so it's like look at look at my sisters before me the aunties before me the mothers before me who were out here slaying shit 
Girl, because when I listened to Toni Morrison and she was like, your ancestors already paid the price. Period. Yeah. Act free. And now it's time for you to show up. Right. Yeah. The price was already paid. They did the time. They they went through the struggle. And although we have our unique struggles in today's time, we don't have to fight that fight. Right. Stand up. Right. And see. <laughs> stand up. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I need to stand. I'm sitting down and I have permission to stand up. Yeah. Give yourself permission, child. So, y'all, coming up next, we have a mother, a wife, a gardener, an artist. She's a features editor at Essence Magazine. And she champions Black women's place in history, the present, and pop culture overall. Brooklyn White is joining us right after this. Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and... Also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. 
Picture this. You're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdrive fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So... If you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcourt Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Okay, homegirl. So before we jump into this amazing conversation. You know we got some church announcements. If you're here and you love what you hear, please make sure you follow the show and subscribe. Hit that little bell so you don't miss any episodes and you stay in the loop with everything BGB. 
Also, we have our membership community, the Black Girl Bravado Homegirl Hangout, where we are just building community with our homegirls. We have bonus episodes there, live episodes, our audio affirmations, playlist, book club. All the things that homegirls do is over there in that community. So if you are looking for a space to connect, grow, and heal, then this is a place for that. And all of that information to join is down in the show notes. Yes, ma'am. Those are our announcements. Let's get back into the show. Brooklyn, thank you so much for being here. Today's episode is about Black women being the ultimate blueprint, right? And we know that the work that you do is instrumental and necessary in letting the world know exactly just that, how dope Black women are. So today we want to really just tap in with you, the woman behind the pen, honey. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes, we definitely want to tap in with the woman behind the pen because like the articles are powerful. But just following you on social media, you are too. So Brooklyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all are y'all are gassing me. Hold on. Come on. Yeah. It'll make me start we to, like, you know, pop off a little bit. Yes, yes. No, we want that. Do what you do, girl. Yes, yes, yes. We like to give the girls their flowers. So speaking of giving you your flowers, we see on social media that you are super creative. You said something that really struck a chord in me you were like yes I'm a creative I create life I garden we see you with your veggies we see you <laughs> and your creativity with the the different articles that you write and the stories that you tell how old were you when you when your creativity started to surface because I feel like I kind of struggle with accepting like my creativity so you seem super confident and sure in yours when did this when did this spark come alive for you I feel like I came here like this. Um, what did New York say? I was just, I was never a child. I was always in the know. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up loving music. Uh, my mom was really strict about what I could listen to, but my aunties and my, my cousins, you know, they would let me listen to a little um, MCV, like BET and BH4 Soul. So like I was falling in love with all the like OG girls. So like E. Um, Sierra, Tierra Marie, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, like all, all the girls, I was all over that. And I think what I enjoyed and appreciated the most about all of them was that they all had a message. And although I might have been like a little too young to understand exactly what they were talking about, um, I knew that they were standing firm in their, in their passions and their desires and their thoughts. So I knew that I wanted to do my own version of that, whatever it was. And then at the same time, I was like really obsessed with magazines growing up. Whenever we would go to the store, I was always in the book and magazine section. So I just kind of blended the two and started writing about culture. I love that. So when you decided that you wanted to write about culture, how did you communicate that to like your family? Were you just like, yo, this is what I really want to do? Because that is like... <laughs> it's so unique. It's very unique. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be yeah. a doctor. How do you just be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Journalism. I have always been very off the wall. So I think writing was probably one of the more calm things in my Rolodex. So I think my family was probably more relieved than surprised that I started writing. Because they were like, okay, this girl, she, she wants to design clothes. She wants to be a rapper. Like, what, what's next? What's next? So yeah, I, I think they were just like, hmm. And maybe they wanted to see how long it would last. Like, maybe they thought it was a phase. And like, I would just you know, get tired of it and move on to the next. But, you know, it's been almost 10 years and your girl is still typing. So, you it's know. Stuck. 
Okay, so you said that your family was aware of you being off of the wall. You mentioned you were off the wall. So how did the black women in your life encourage this free-spirited, creative black girl? By being themselves. Like I said, my auntie, she's always been, she's always been herself. My mom was always writing music, um, writing poetry. My The women in my family always did exactly what they wanted to do. They never let anyone especially a man, tell them what to do. Like, I, I grew up around free spirits who just did their own thing. And it didn't matter who liked it, who who talked bad about them. Like, they would just kind of do what they wanted. And so I was like, how can I be any other way? You grow up with so much game, you know? Like, you just, you have no choice. But to be five, like the women around you. Period. I love that. Yeah, and you I, really have to teach them young. You do. You have to embody it. That's what you have to do. You got to let them watch you. Yeah. Yeah. Let the the kids, you know, raise up the children in the way that they should go. (laughs) And when they owe, they won't depart from it. Ow. (laughs) Finish it. One thing we can do is finish your scripture. Hey. Do you feel like your creativity was like nurtured or inspired when you were younger? No. No, no, I don't mm. think so. I feel like grinding was inspired, like my, like being a hard worker mm. and like go to work, get a good job. You know, like praising me for academia was a part of my culture mm. in my household. Mm-hmm. My mom wasn't like, oh, what do you want to do outside of those things? It was like Germany's so smart. Yeah. And that's all that I leaned on for a mm. while. And that's also probably why I struggle with being like, yeah, I'm a creative. And what? What about you? I think so. Like my mom, she she's a hard worker, but she's also creative on like her side pursuits. Like she's always known how to do hair. She was always braiding everybody's hair or like doing their hair in different styles. So like creativity was expressed that way and even doing her own hair Mm -hmm. and just like encouraging me to do different hairstyles. And then she was very into dressing too, like her outfits and her looks. So I feel like my creativity was sparked that way. And I, too, wanted to be a fashion designer at first. Now, my creativity was stifled <laughs> when the coins for me to go to Fitum were not provided. But, Hello. <laughs> but it was there. It lived there. and It lived there in her. And when I told her that I wanted to go to school for fashion design, she was all for it, like helping me with my portfolio. She took me to my interviews, of course. She had to. Then even when I went to Sac State at first, I was doing like the fashion merchandising program. Mm -hmm. There's a creative who's always lived inside of me. But I feel like with me, my logical brain in mind of Mm -hmm. like you have to do certain things to be able to provide for yourself has stifled it, too. It's more been like a self thing. But obviously Mm -hmm. you can be creative and thrive. It's just like sometimes it just looks different. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is true. So you are the queen of giving black women their flowers, right? You write amazing articles. No, girl, you do. You do. It's all (laughs) over your social media. You have amazing articles. And I just love the way you just give so much reverence for black women in in culture, pop culture. Like, when did that start, right? It's one thing to be like, I want to write about the culture, but to be like, I want to write about black women. What is that? I don't think it was an event or an idea or anything. I was just like these are the the people that I've always been around. These are the people who love me the most. Why not give that love back to them? I feel like it started out as just me having the respect for the women around me. And um, it's funny, a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe six years ago, for Women's History Month, I wrote this really long Facebook post about my aunt and like how much she had inspired me. And my grandma hit me up the other day and she was like, hey, where's that post? Like, I want to re- repost it. So it's like, like I said, it didn't 
it didn't start like yesterday or anything. I, I think that that reverence for black women has always been in me. Um, and maybe because I've started to focus more on like the entertainment and like culture side of it, it's been a little bit more amplified, but yeah, that, that's just who I am. Like I love giving the girls their tens. That's, that's my thing. You do. Is your family like that? Like, do you guys give each other like words of affirmation a lot? Like, is that something that you've seen in your household or just amongst your, the women in your family? I think as I've gotten older, they've gotten a little more soft. Like my grandma, she texted me. She was like, you're an amazing wife and mother. And like, you're wise beyond your years. And I was like, girl, you weren't talking like this when I was 15. What's going on? <laughs> What's happening over there? Gross. It's some birth, them birthdays doing something to you. Um, but yeah, we, we've always encouraged each other in our own way. Um, it might not have been like verbally, but you know, we've always written for each other. Yes. You know, yeah. now instead of instead of writing, I'm writing, you know. A period. Another form of expression. Yeah. Sometimes we you know, write, sometimes we write, sometimes we speak. Just give the girls their things. Yeah, you, but you write right. beautifully. The write-up that you did on Glorilla really like made me look at her in a different light yeah. because I was like, wow, the time, the way you describe like the paint at the scene yes. and just like <laughs> pointed out different things about her. I was like, this is beautiful and I want someone to write about me like Thank this you. one day. Okay, so when Germany and I, when we were talking about just the concept of black women being the blueprint, because we get it, we hear it all the time. And we were just talking about the black women that inspire us. And collectively, we agreed that we get the most inspiration from Beyonce because she just has impeccable work ethic and everything that she does is just top tier, not debatable. Right. She's just that girl. Um, and then we said Issa because... She just got it out the mud, right? And she's unapologetic and she just does things her way and so original and so unique and just so relatable. Mm -hmm. And then we said Rihanna because Rihanna is just, she doesn't give the a one. fuck. Yeah, she's, she's an icon. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's iconic. She doesn't give a fuck coming from Barbados and just really making a name for herself is just, wow, admirable. And that was brought back to the top of my brain with her Super Bowl performance because, wow a girl a queen so yeah, i was like i know all the lyrics like and it's not even like i gotta think hard about them like they they fresh like they just came out yesterday <laughs> like icons only like yeah. yes who else is doing it like her no girl, nobody no she, no she's also so original and unique so what three women in pop culture have made the biggest impact on you and why number one i'm trying not to be repetitive because beyonce and rihanna are definitely like in my top three but Daniel Smith, she was the editor-in-chief of Vibe magazine, like all-time favorite magazine growing up. And she had such a well-researched, scholarly approach to music. And, you know, I, I've always talked about music with my friends, but the way that she has connected what's happening in music now to, you know, previous music acts um, is just in incredible. You know, you can tell that she's really studied and also lived the culture like you know this is somebody who was friends with Tupac like mm. she is just her pen is untouchable she did a profile of SZA uh, for the New York Times recently it blew I read that at like seven o'clock in the morning like that some people go running I, I read her stories like <laughs> it just she is a master when it comes to words and I hope that one day I can have just a, a little bit of the a little bit of the oil um that she got on her because she is she's the one. Um I'd say 
Corey Murray. She used to be the deputy editor of Essence, and she was previously over entertainment at Essence. Um, and she's definitely someone that I view as a mentor. Incredible editor. I interviewed Marseille Martin, and she edited that story. And she gave me some some really good advice on how to handle interviews moving forward. She's a great person to talk to. Uh, she mixes like the, the music and the culture, but she's also like spiritual. And she's just a dope person to be around. She always tells the truth. And she's just the type of woman that I want to be like when I, when I grow up finally. <laughs> um, and lastly, I'm going to say Sierra, honestly, mm. because my sis has evolved in real time. And she's, she's just grown as an artist and as a woman and as a mom. And we got to witness, like, all of it. She's never been shy about, you know, maybe the not-so-glamorous parts of her life. And she's always channeled whatever she was feeling into her music. And now she's in her red boots, those viral red boots, and she's living her best life. And I, I love that for her. As a fellow Scorpio, I have no choice but to stand, you know? Like, yeah. grew up watching her dance on top of that car. Right. And now she not look like ugh. She's really mm. had a moment. We stand and evolved, Queen One, especially when we can see where you were and we see where you are. It gives us hope. And that piece in the middle when that nigga tried to take That's her out. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Ooh. But I you know I what? can relate. <laughs> I think we all can. <laughs> you you said something that really um made me come to a realization when you mentioned Corey and basically how she's been like a mentor to you. I want a mentor, like a career mentor or just like a kind of like a big sister. I'm the big sister. So I've never really had outside of like a mom. But, you know, that's a different type of relationship. relationship. Yeah. But being able to have like um, a big sister or like someone, someone that you can you seek. under their wing. Exactly. You can seek counsel from, and you know, that it's coming from a trusted place. And they also have the expertise and the skill set. That's a good person to have on your team. Mm -hmm. And I need a mentor if there are any aunties listening. I want a mentor because I have like, I have like internet ones that I don't know personally, but to have someone that you can call on, that's a different type of power. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been blessed to primarily work around black women who are at least a little bit older than me for the entirety of my career, whether they were an editor or whether they were my like direct boss. So I don't think I've had like many mentors in the traditional sense, but like I'm, I'm always like Bogart like, hey, you're my mentor now. I don't know if you know, but like that's kind of what's going on. And they've all been super gracious, telling me things they wish they knew when they were, you know, I'm not going to say my age, um, but things that they wish they knew like early on in their career. And I think the thing that I appreciate the most is the honesty because without transparency, like you have people making the same mistakes or making the same choices that you did. And there's no point in that. And I wish that as Black women, we encouraged one another to be honest about where we've been and like how we got to where we are. Because without that, like we're just kind of forcing the next generation to get it out the mud when they don't have to. Yes. Yeah. It, it needs to give a very much so Sankofa vibe, girl. Reach out and grab me. Right. Turn around. Right. Like, please. please. Yeah, You know, and and that is so important. And you just spoke about being honest and vulnerable. And that's really what Brittany and I have been working on, like in this season of this podcast and what we do here at the Black Girl Bravado. And every time somebody even says that, it just affirms like it's necessary. It's not even optional. 
to be yeah. honest and vulnerable and real and raw is damn near mandatory. Like yeah. you have to show up and be authentic. But like how many of us are really like, yo, this is me stripped down. This is how I got it. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm headed. And right. I, I'm not afraid that you might get there before me. It's like I'm just sharing. And this is what it is. Yeah. A lot there. Queens, let's get together. Let's get <laughs> yeah, together. Like, let's. Let's sit around the table. Like, teach me something. I'm, I'm not trying to teach nobody right now. Just teach me something. You know what I'm saying? Teach like, me I'm, something. Please. Teach me something. And actually, te- speaking about teaching, Black women are actually always teaching. We're yeah. always teaching other cultures and we're innovative and bringing things around, bringing it back. And you write really eloquently about the way Black women have taken what some cultures, other people would say is ghetto or... Ratchet, not classy. Yeah, exactly. And how we flip things. What do you think is the biggest misconception about Black women as innovators? The biggest misconception about Black women as innovators is that there is an end. Like, I think Black women think that, or people think about Black women that there is like an end to the well of our creativity. And I think that leads to a lot of like the creative theft that we see um, Mm. because there's a scarcity mindset when it comes to innovation and ideas and stuff. And it's like, Oh no, baby, like we're just getting started. What do you, (laughs) what do you mean? Like you, you trying to take the old game. I got something new sitting right here. Like all you have to do is tap in. Like you could have just hit me. So yeah, I think that's the biggest misconception is that black women's creativity has a, a cap on it or there's not, there's not enough to go around because there is like, you just have to, be in tune with yourself and, um, you know, have a, have a strong network, have friends. This is not a solo venture that we're on here. You got to have a crew. You got to have an honest crew that will tell you, like, sis, you are fucking up. Like, your, your lace is showing, your slip hanging, all the things. Listen, but, yeah. The lace is showing is just sick. Because we need to know. <laughs> my lace is showing, please tell me it's showing. I do not want to like, be walking around here with the exposed lace. Oh my like God. please like tell me it's lifting like tell just can you see my cornrows like what's going on like tell tell me show yeah. me the blind spot show me where no. I'm where I'm messing up yes, please. yes. Yeah. very that's a very necessary behavior very necessary behavior. yeah so yeah. Brooklyn another thing that I admire about you is that you seem to just really get it when it comes to highlighting the black women who have an impact, like down to the quotes that you share, the little clips that you share of, of black women mm-hmm. and some of the things that they say, I'm like, where, where, how did, how did she find this? Did <laughs> she go to, did she set aside time to research? Did she have an a, archive of an archive of all of these sound bites? And I admire that because when I listened to them, I said, now, why wasn't this on my radar? Mm-hmm. Why haven't I heard this beautiful clip from Nina Simone yet? So mm-hmm. for the girls who, are interested in like learning more about black women who are making an impact. What is your recommendation? Where should they start? Are where you listening? Like, where should She's we start? Are we listening to, <laughs> right. Where should we start? Cause I am a part of the number. Are we listening to books? Are there certain podcasts we should be listening to? Are you pounding the ground, hitting the cement, going to the library? What's going on? What are we? Doing? Yeah. I have spent so much freaking time on YouTube in the past, like, 15 years. It's not even funny. I haven't been to the library recently, but I used to walk to the library every day when I lived in New York. That was my thing. There was one article that really, like, 
it, it did something. It did something to my brain. It's called The Prosperity Gospel of Rihanna. It was written by Doreen St. Felix for Pitchfork. And she wrote it about Bitch Better Have My Money. But the way that she analyzed money as it pertains to Black women and like our relationship with capital and the idea of being owed as a Black woman and how white women have tried to like commodify the relationship that Black women have with money. Like, it's not a super duper long article, like maybe less than a thousand words, but I like, I know y'all have seen the the gif of like the guy who's like looking at a whole bunch of numbers. Like, I felt like that after I read that article, I was like, damn, she really put me on. Ooh. Like yeah. I love when I enter an article wanting to know something and I come out of it like with more information than I could have ever anticipated. So yeah, that's anything by Doreen St. Felix is gold. Um, she's one of my favorite writers of all time. Toni Morrison, obviously like you know, the vibes, if you don't incredible author, one of the, not even one of the best American author, like not black American author, just the best American author of all time. If you're going to start somewhere, obviously start with her first work, The Bluest Eye. If you're looking for something about relationships between black women, go to Sula. If you're looking for a story that centers men, go to Song of Solomon. She just did such an amazing job throughout her career of speaking about black life. Um, in a way that was very human and very true to the experience, the characters. And even though it was fiction, you can either learn something that you didn't like previously know, or you can see yourself in a character, or maybe you can see someone that you know in a character. Now that shit might hurt a little bit, but um, yeah. <laughs> you'll definitely, you'll come out informed. You might be bleeding when you're done, but you'll come out informed. Mm. So yeah, those are definitely like some of my points on my compass, especially when I have like any kind of um, mental block. But as far as like videos go, I just live on, on YouTube. I like to go down rabbit holes. I start with like, maybe, maybe I'm trying to like find something about Angela Davis, but it'll, it'll take me to something about, you know, Kathleen Cleaver that I wasn't even looking for. You gotta dig. You gotta be curious. It's the intentionality. It's curious. You just curious. Yes. You gotta be curious and you have to lead with that. You know, I know how much I loved videos and like BET, VH1. I was a kid who would just watch videos all day. And you know, y'all remember back then they would play the shit on the Yeah, all day. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, it's like an hour. It'll just repeat. I would watch that shit over and over and over. And I was just thinking, how nostalgic would it be to just like get on YouTube and be like VH1 Soul? Remember VH1 Soul, y'all? Oh, yes. And so many good live performances. Uh. Just let the videos play. And I think that's what the Gen Z girlies must be watching because the way they bring these fashions back, they're probably sitting watching the shit on the loop too. Like, what did the girls used to wear? And let's bring it back. They are. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I had to read Song of Solomon in college. I read it. I need to go back and read it because I don't really be deep in my bag like that, but I want to. And Andres is my boyfriend. He is not a black woman, obviously. <laughs> and during the pandemic, he was like, yeah, I want to read the bluest, the bluest eye. I'm like, I think it was on a lot of the book list. And I, 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 this is when we first started talking. So I thought I was doing something by sending it to him via Amazon. I said, go check your mail. Why well, you need to read it. Well, it needs to be in my home. He ain't never even read it. I think he peeled one page open. I don't even know. You know, oh, well, damn, that's all it takes. That first paragraph will have you like, oh, is this what I need? Oh. He didn't need it. That's why he wasn't shaking up. <laughs> yeah, my auntie, you were naming off books and this just dawned on me. This is why I need to tap in with my family more. My auntie is this type of woman. Mm. She had all of the Toni Morrison books, The Bluest Eye, 
all everything on her bookshelf. And I'm like, my auntie was this type of woman. You need to sit and talk to your your family. Yeah, your Because your she could be imparting some game on me. It's true. One of my aunties, she had Tina Turner's autobiography on her bookshelf. And uh, it's called I, Tina. And it obviously came out before What's Love Got to Do With It. And um, I remember, like, flipping through it. I was like, Tina? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think reading that type of work, it, it shows you like what previous generations were doing and thinking and saying and like just different things about their experiences. Set up your mom, your aunties, your cousins. See what they're reading. Girl, you know, well, I was reading Zane. Might be a little. Uh, yeah, I was reading The Coldest Winter Ever. Um, same, but, same. I'm reading that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the Like this is the know, I, was, I was mixing it up, you know. <laughs> Find you a fine man and thrive or not. Hey, gotta find you. <laughs> right. I'm like, did winter thrive? I don't, I don't know. So speaking about elders and passing things on and tapping in with your family, we know you're a mama. What innovative Black women and just creators are you excited to share with your babies? I think the term innovator is very heavy. That's a big crown. But I am excited to show them like who I am outside of like being their mom. But they don't know anything about me as a as a writer or anything. I'm just like the lady that brings the biscuits. Like they don't <laughs> care about any of the extra stuff right now. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to like show them like, hey, mom, she she turns on her brain sometimes, and, and cool stuff comes out. But I'm also really excited to show them Zora Neale Hurston because she focused on Southern life. And a lot of her work and both of my kids are born in the South. My daughter was born in Louisiana. My son was born in Texas. And I think it's really important to be able to see and like identify with certain things that you're reading, even down to like the little the flowers that she was referencing in her books. So I think it would be cool for them to um, get a taste of what, what life was like before they got here, before I got here, before their grandma got here, but also the similarities between then and now, at least as it pertains to Southern culture and like, you know, even the, the slang and the language that we use and how we talk about religion, you know, so mm-hmm. excited to show them my good sis Zora. My daughter's already hip to Beyonce. She's a huge single lady fan. So I've done my work there <laughs> and I heard her humming Lift Me Up by Rihanna yesterday. Aww. Very proud um and i didn't even know that she knew it i was like okay taste like it, it's jumping out so yeah i've done the heavy lifting in the rihanna and beyonce department personally i think my work is like halfway done we'll see who else i need to you know show them but i am about to frame a picture of angela davis and put it in my office so that, that talk is coming Yes, yes exactly. that talk is coming. It's giving well-rounded children. I oh yes, when I see small little kids who who already tapped in with like '90s R and B or like early 2000s R and B when they're singing Mary J. Blige, I was one of those kids. Like, Same. Riding around in the back, baby. We singing the Tony um, Braxton, the Invo, the Destiny right. Child, all of that. And I love when we impart that, when we pass that musical genre down to our babies. We and do. It's like, come on. Let we me, do. You know? My little sister, she just turned 18, and her favorite singer is Aaliyah. I don't even think Ooh. Aaliyah was born, was uh, alive when probably, she was yeah. born. No. Yeah, no, she no. wasn't. I'm like, girl, how's Aaliyah your favorite singer? But she loves her. And she does the Aaliyah the one, core. The Aaliyah one. core and dressing. Oh, well, you know, Aaliyah core and Aaliyah is not the same. I'm making it up. 
Okay. I'm making it up. I didn't know. Okay. It, I didn't Aaliyah know it was already is a real thing. Oh, I didn't know it was already yes. a genre. Yeah. Okay. It, yes, Aaliyah Core is real. It's a different Aaliyah. Bikini, okay, bikinis and boots. That's okay. Aaliyah Core. Um, and and the earmuffs. Oh, you're talking about that oh, yes. girl. That because she her yes. style of clothing is Aaliyah Core. Okay. Well, I'm talking about yeah. Aaliyah, the singer. Yeah. Core. <laughs> yeah. Aaliyah yes. to the core. Uh, yes. <laughs> that part. Bring it around. Bring it yes. around. Bring it around. And that's why you are the writer. So in addition to us just being innovators, I was just thinking about what my favorite part of being a black woman is. And I think it's just the automatic swag. Like we don't really got to do too much. Anything that we do extra is just like, okay, I see how she flipped it her way and did it her way. But it's just something that's already there. Standard. Exactly. A base level. It's just like, okay, I'm black swag. (laughs) That's what came with us. It came in our packaging. What's your favorite part about being a black woman? The ability to connect with other Black women on a deeper level, because there are those shared experiences that we all have, whether they be, you know, a little bit more lighthearted, like learning to lay your edges or, you know, getting played by the neighborhood hood niggas. You know, it's like exactly. there's little, little things that we, that we get to share that are unique to, to us um, and unique to our culture and our experiences. And there, there's definitely going to be overlap with different demographics. You know, I, I think all, all women have been played at least once. And if not, hit me because you know something that I don't. But I, I think there is just a certain a certain nuance um, and a certain magic that exists when, when Black women are together. Um, they can't, can't be replicated. And so I'm, I'm honored anytime I get to experience that because I, I feel like I'm home. You are a right as hell. Yeah. There is like, so, first off, being black is probably like one of my biggest flex. I love being black. Same. I have seen this TikTok and I'm pretty sure y'all probably seen it. They were on a school campus asking if you could be any other like race or ethnicity, what would you be? And all the black people were like, nothing. And right. like, yeah, like, I'm, how could I? I gotta lose when I'm already chose. Like, being like, black is lit. I fucking love it. I'm loving being black. Nothing. And the white people were like, uh, uh-huh, Polynesian or <laughs> Hawaiian, like all these different <laughs> ethnicities. And I just think it's so funny because black is just, it's truly the creme de la creme. I don't feel like it gets any fucking better than just like being black coupled with a woman. Yeah, I love it here. Right. It's a sandwich of sorts. How could I lose when I'm already chose? Like, <laughs> like yeah. You said it. You said it. So black girl bravado to us is in your face boldness. It's confidence. It's just this undeniable swagger. What do you think has been your biggest moment of black girl bravado in your life? I don't think it's been one moment. I think it's been multiple moments. Every time I bounce back from something hard or evolve my way of thinking, I think that's that's my black girl flex. Like, okay. We're we a young phoenix in this thing. We, we rising from the ashes. Like, might have got burned, but hey, we still we still here. Also, giving birth to a black girl that was that was lit in in multiple senses. It was lit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that day was just one of the one of the best days of my life for sure. Shout out to my baby boy too, though. It's about making little cute people um, that just love you unconditionally and also loving them unconditionally. It's just like. Mm. (laughs) No crumbs, no crumbs. Well, Brooklyn, we are so glad that you came and chatted with us today. Again, we are so appreciative of of the work that you're doing, holding black women up and sharing our stories and our experiences. We are looking forward to hearing more from you. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? 
I'm in the cut. No, um, <laughs> I am on Twitter at Brooklyn All White. I'm on Instagram at Brooklyn All White. BrooklynAllWhite.com. Yeah. Oh, I'm Brooklyn All White on TikTok too. Wow. Period. Go find yeah. her. It's in simple. Yep. Brooklyn mm-hmm. White. Across the board. Ten, yes. ten, right. ten. Love it. Love it. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Brooklyn, for being here. We really appreciate you, girl. All right, y'all. More Black Girl Bravado coming up right after this. Okay, y'all, we're back. What a good little homegirl chat time with Brooklyn. That was a cute little kiki. It was. I love what she's doing for the culture. We need more women like her. But um, we're back with these women. Right. We're back with these women and we have one final segment. It is time to pick up your pen. We're dropping a gem. So today's gem came from a homegirl. Love when y'all share y'all gems with us. And if you have a gem that you want to share... You can either leave a voicemail or text the Homegirl Hotline, which is down in the show notes, and let us know like something that you want to share. If you have a question, you can send it there and we'll answer your question here on the show. That's there for you. So a homegirl came in and she said she has a gym to share that has been a game changer. She said, get your parking before the concert or event. Not only does it take the stress of parking away, it's also cheaper. And if you do it early, you can get the best spot close to the venue. I never do this and parking does be expensive. So I'm going to take this gym the next time I go to a concert because I want to be close and I want it to be cheap. Period. Convenient. Convenient girls. Yes. Thank you for sharing that gym. Each one teach one. Again, if you have a gym, you need advice or just want to reach out and give us our flowers because that's what we're doing in 2023. We're giving black women their flowers. Mm -hmm. Call in to the homegirl hangout. I mean, homegirl hotline. Yeah. You can hang out too. Right. All of that. Yes. Okay, y'all. We will chat with you all next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.